We are recording in progress. Recording with the one and only Dr. William Burns, who's been on here before on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023, at 2 19 p.m. Eastern Time. Guys, if you want to support the podcast, you're watching on Rumble. Click that little red button. It's locals. That's like Rumble's version of Patreon. Support the show for a couple bucks a month. Exclusive content. Use promo code Tommy for for free stuff. And as of another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Today, March 29th, I have the merch store back up and it's actually, so that'll be the first link in the description if you want to buy something to support the show. And it's actually kind of, I didn't even plan this. I think it's actually pertinent to our episode today. It's one of my favorite designs. I think Mr. Burns might like it. Is uh, So it's a... Uh, it's a it's a blueprint I made, and uh, it's a blueprint of UFOs. It's got an alien on the hoodie. Inside the hoodie is the Roswell newspaper. It's got Bob Lazar on there. It's got the idea. It's like it's got like you know, Mark McCandless. Uh, he was a I think he passed away. He made drawings of like what the zero gravity uh, reactor might look like. And then if you look at the front pocket, the front pocket is also uh, the Roswell newspaper. It's a high-resolution scan. You can actually read it, and so are the cuffs. This is my favorite one. Yeah, and then on both sides of the hoodie, you had an alien gray. It's probably my favorite design I've ever made. Um, you can see it kind of more. It's a. Uh, it's my proudest one, and I did not even plan that. Talking about, I, I just grabbed one out of the closet. I was like, the merch store's back up. I might as well start plugging them, and I didn't even realize you're the first guest, so that kind of worked out well. But uh. Enough with that self uh, selfish plug, Mr. Burns. How you doing, sir? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, hear I, you. I said, "How are you doing?" I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing. I very... love your. I love your uh, uh, hoodie. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I I really love that design. I I made that before I even made the. I think that was the last design I made before I hung up graphic design. Um, you wrote the book UFOs in the White House. That is an awesome book. As a as a as I can now say, you can see I'm not lying when I say I'm a UFO head. I, I, I that that I put hundreds of hours into that that design, probably about a hundred. Your book is amazing. It's it's immediately in my all time favorites for the UFO lore. It's in the description. It's on Audible. It's a great book. The last episode we did was fantastic, and I think we finished it with you saying that we'll do another one, and you're gonna tell me what you think. UFOs are what aliens are and kind of that they are us from the future but I'm going to stop talking because people are here to listen to you not me well I, I do think that they're us and not necessarily from the future per se although because space and time are linked that's actually what they are but what I think there is a um, a professor um, of astrophysics at Harvard Smithsonian, and his name is Avi Loeb. Now, this is the professor who said this was years ago. He said that when these two um, big asteroids asteroids came sailing through our solar system, Oumuamua and Borisov. And they were all spinning. Let me show you how they were spinning. Okay. In addition to orbiting like this, they were spinning like this. Hmm. Then they were spinning like this. Now imagine doing all these things at the same time. And people said, well, no asteroid can do that. But there is an object that does it. <clears throat> and we've all seen them every single day. Lawn sprinklers. <laughs> Aliens, the ancient aliens, our ancestors are sending through our system lawn sprinklers. What's in the water? Uh, DNA. Okay. That is how, and that is probably the most efficient way of colonizing other planets with your own species. 
That is a brilliant take. Because you don't have to go there. You don't have to build a major spaceship. You don't have to spend a gazillion dollars. If you can program an asteroid to carry your DNA, you are colonizing other planets. And that's what I think happened to this planet. And that's what they'd be doing, right? Just just the shotgun approach. You'd be using sheer numbers. Just hit every planet, every solar system, just omnidirectional DNA spray. And that's what I think is one of the big secrets. I mean, here we have this whole legend, this whole story of how the Earth was created, <clears throat> how many years ago it was created, how many millennia ago it was created. Who created it? Who were the first inhabitants? What did they do? But if we're actually the descendants of human beings, of humanoids from other planets who populated this planet, wouldn't that be the most incredible secret of all? It would. And wouldn't it be that you would want to keep that secret until the population was ready for it? That's what I think is going on. What would define ready, in your opinion? Acceptance. I mean, an an acceptance. Let's say an acceptance that we're not somehow unique in the universe. An acceptance that there are others like us in the universe. An acceptance that we are the progeny of a whole humanoid race from maybe millions of years ago. Eventually, then, the philosophical question would arise is, well, who made them? The question is? The question eventually would arise is, well, who made them? Who made the the humanoid race? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, um... (laughs) Is there um, a prime mover, is what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Is there something at the very beginning? Yeah. What if, we all know about the Big Bang, at some point there was this submicroscopic dot of matter. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. (laughs) Uh, That exploded and became the whole universe? Not really. What if, what if that micro submicroscopic dot of matter was the result of the collapse of an entire universe? And what if forever the universe expands and collapse and expands and collapse? What do we know? in our own bodies that expands and contracts. That would be the heartbeat of God. The heartbeat. We are living in a heart. I've 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 actually heard that idea floated before and I think it's the thing that makes the most sense to me. Um I think it was I forget what show it was. I remember watching it in college. And it was talking about like the human heartbeat and, you know, our average lifespan and the amount of time it takes to, you know, for blood to go in and blood to go out. Then they do like a mosquito and it's a much shorter lifespan, but it's a much faster heartbeat. And then they do the whale and it's much slower, but the lifespan is much longer. And then they do cities. They do satellite views of traffic going into a city in the morning and traffic leaving in the evening. And it's a very slow heartbeat, but the city has a much longer lifespan than humanity. And then it does um, and then it does ice ages retracting and that's that's earth and eventually it comes out to is this the universal heartbeat expansion contraction and is it all just a a, a, a synchronized fractal heartbeat and what and 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 what if we like to think of ourselves as kind of unique on this planet Mm. what if we're not the first on this planet on this planet okay what you all know about Atlantis, right? You mm-hmm. read Plato. Mm-hmm. You certainly read the Bible. You all know about the Noah's flood. Yep. If anybody who ever read Gilgamesh knows Gilgamesh, 
Yeah. It's not Egyptian. It's not indigenous peoples. It's not Native American. It's 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 Anatolia, Turkey. They talk about the first civilization. Yeah. So what if we're not just the second civilization on this planet? The hundredth. What if we're the fourth or fifth? And what? Who's coming after us? Okay. Because what else would you leave? So let's say, right, because they always look back at the pyramids and things and they say, like, these aren't primitive structures. So, you know, the more they realize how much they're lined up and the, the tolerances are zero mm-hmm. and there's, like, diamond bit cuts and they're like, this isn't... Well, then the question arises, well, if you're so advanced and you you could make UFOs, why are you making pyramids? And I've thought about that. How else would you leave your name? You know, like spray painting a bridge. Right, How exactly. You would make a structure that at first looks like, oh, here are some primitive people. And the more you look at it, you go, dude, we can't make this today. That was their foot. That was their name on the high score of the arcade. That's putting your hand in the wet concrete and writing Tommy was here. That's what it is. Now, ask yourself also, why is it that the, the arrangement of the pyramids in Giza directly die? I mean, this is not off by a centimeter or an inch. Yeah. This is directly reproduce the constellation right above that parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, are have the ancient aliens told us this is where we're from this is worse this is who you are yeah and it's the way to do it when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply is is you know actions are louder than words right because we have we have the similar story in all the in all the holy books right we have the flood but how would you do it how would you really do it you would do something like the pyramids or gobekli tepe or the sphinx and you would leave it in some place that would line up to a point where you'd go they shouldn't have known about longitude and latitude. Exactly. They shouldn't how have. How do they know about how this? How do they know about the precession of the stars? How do they know about galactic? And it dawns on you, you go, uh, uh, you know, it's like when you're growing up and your dad's like, you'll understand when you're older and you're like, you're just, you're a mean. And then you finally get older, you go, oh, he was right. That's what it is, is you get to a point where you go, oh, they're, they're leaving their footprint, which then comes up as, well, should we leave ours? And we are leaving our footprint. There are our spacecraft mm-hmm. out in the universe, yep. on the lunar surface, on the Martian surface. We've already left our footprint. Okay. And how about this? What if despite all the clean room stuff we do, all the antiseptic stuff we do, our DNA is sitting in some device on the surface of Mars? We're the ancient aliens inhabiting Mars. I, I always thought it would be cool if uh, I, I used to like the idea of like we find another rover on Mars. And then I thought what would be even cooler is if we dug up a rover on Earth from some other civilization well, or something. Well, hold on to your hat. All right. Because when we interviewed Donna Hare, who was who worked at NASA. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Here's the story she told us. She said she was watching a print a photo print machine making prints from photographs of the dark side of the lunar surface. Guess what she saw? A black triangle on the lunar surface. And the photo operator starts airbrushing it out. So she says to the guy, she says, what are you doing? Why are you brushing? That's a spaceship. Why are you brushing it out? You know what the guy says to her, the photo expert? He says, 
there are no spaceships on the moon. As they're staring at the black triangle on the surface of the moon. Oh, man. That's... So then it comes out is is the back to the question of us being ready. Are we right. are we ready when clearly we're not if there's still a gatekeeping apex of people who say humanity is not ready. I think that in itself is the test. The fact that we think each other aren't ready shows we're not ready. There has to be like a it's like a bottleneck for full on teamwork. Right, but guess who think we guess who thinks we might be ready? Who? Barack Obama. Really? And I'll tell you why. Go on. Barack, according to the Hollywood Reporter, according to that newspaper, Barack and Michelle Obama are doing a movie. Are you strapped in? I'm strapped. Are in. doing a movie on Betty and Barney Hill. Hell yeah. What? Would the former president of the United States, who's joked about Roswell, mm -hmm. who's joked about UFOs on television, what would he be doing? A move, uh, uh, doing the story of Betty and Barney Hill. And, and the story of Betty and Barney Hill is so poignant. It's not just two people driving along a country road getting picked up by UFO. It's much, much deeper. It's first of all, they're an interracial marriage at a time when interracial marriages were constitutionally uh, not valid in the United States. Mm -hmm. You couldn't get married interracially in Virginia in 1961. It's against the law. Betty and Bar and worse, it's not just the Betty and Barney Hill experience that they told their psychiatrists. It's all the trace evidence. I mean, there was so much. I mean, I saw the dress, Tom. I saw the dress that Betty was wearing the night she said she was abducted. There are there were pink handprints on the dress. And the chemist who analyzed those handprints said it's DNA, but it's not from this planet. So I saw the dress. Anybody can see it. It's on YouTube. Sure. I guess the worse. Betty Hill describes a procedure that the head. Like the medical expert on board the spaceship was doing. He inserted a thin tube into her womb mm -hmm. and extracted fluid. That was a good five to eight years before amniocentesis was a medical practice in this country. That was amniocentesis. Yeah. Then she's under hypnosis and she tells Dr. Simon, who was the psychiatrist, that the head, the examiner, whatever that person, whatever the, the, uh, the categories are on that spaceship, that the examiner showed her where they came from. And he shows her a star map. And the star around which the planet is orbiting is a twin star. Oh, people say, oh, that's BS. It's not true. She made it up. This is crazy. She's insane. Years later, a school teacher, I think Marjorie Fish is her name. I'm not sure of the name, discovers the Zeta Reticulum twin stars with planets orbiting around them in the Gliese catalog. So it's exactly the diagram that Betty Hill drew under hypnosis is in the Gleese catalog. So now Barack Obama is doing, or at least that's what the Hollywood Reporter says, is doing a movie about that. But there's a deeper story. Here's the deeper story. Guess who was the most impressed person when he saw that story on the cover, Betty and Barney Hill, interracial marriage, on the cover of Look Magazine, describing what they saw under hypnotic regression. Now, important to remember, they didn't go public. What happened was Dr. Simon 
regress both of them independently, not together. He tape recorded the sessions. Then he had his transcriber transcribe the sessions. This woman heard those tapes. Tom, she freaks out. She goes, she's like, she can't cope with this. You know what she does? Instead of keeping medical privacy, this is a psychiatric office. I mean, that's as private as it gets. Psychiatric interactions. She goes to the a friend of hers who is a writer for the Boston Traveler magazine. She shows him the transcripts. His mind is blown. He takes it to the Boston Globe. The next thing you know, Betty and Barney Hill cover folks on Look Magazine in 1962. Jack Kennedy sees that. Jack Kennedy says, we got to go to the moon. That was why President Kennedy said we have to go to the moon. But wait, there's more. (laughs) And it's worse. Kennedy finds out, he's told, that at Area 51, since the 1950s, we've kept material from outer space, crashed UFOs, the Roswell craft. Also, he hears stories of aliens that are kept at Area 51. Kennedy is crazy about this. So that... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That's why he says we have to go to the moon by the end of the decade. But it gets worse. Kennedy is having an affair with, well, with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, uh, we know the story of Kennedy at the White House, yeah. right? I mean, uh, if you read a book we published called The Dr. Feelgood Casebook, in it are the, are the um, stories from uh, 1950s singer Eddie Fisher, who was best friends with John Kennedy. Eddie Fisher describes how he's bringing starlets mm. to the White House for Kennedy. Yeah, he... Kennedy is so enthusiastic about all the women Eddie Fisher's bringing to the White House. Um, after he brings one young star to the White House, Kennedy is so excited, he rips off his shirt and gives it to Eddie Fisher. I mean, that's how crazy this is, right? Yeah, he was a hound. Eddie Fisher, um, so Jack Kennedy is having an affair with Marilyn Monroe. Talk about damaged goods. She's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She's been abused since her teenage years. She's been through two marriages, right? Joe DiMaggio, Arthur Miller. Her movie career is failing. She's fired from a movie with Dean Martin called Something's Gotta Give. You could see the outtakes on YouTube. She's a disaster. She's fired. They rehire her. She's fired again. She's miserable. Jack Kennedy dumps her. Bobby Kennedy has an affair with her. He dumps her. Why? Because Joe Kennedy says, get rid of her. She's causing you a lot of trouble. So what does Marilyn Monroe do? She calls the Justice Department. Now, J. Edgar Hoover at the FBI knew that Marilyn and JFK were having an affair. And he hated JFK. Hated JFK. So hated did, Bobby even worse than he hated JFK. So did Dulles. So did Angleton. He, they, yeah, men in power did not like him. He also hates Marilyn Monroe. Also taping the phone call is Dulles from the CIA. Remember, they don't like Kennedy. Why? Because the Bay of Pigs invasion. Mm-hmm. The transcript of that phone call that Marilyn Monroe 
gave to Bobby Kennedy at the Justice Department is in the book, UFOs in the White House. In it, she says, I'm going to tell the whole world about what your brother told me about the objects from outer space that fell in that secret base in Nevada. Yep. And then she says, and this is the big one, I'm going to tell Dorothy Kilgallen about all the little men from outer space you keep at that base. She basically signed her own death warrant. 100%. That August, Peter Lawford shows up at Marilyn Monroe's house and she's given a whole bunch of methamphetamine vials from the doctor that's been giving her methamphetamine since the 1950s, Max Jacobson. Peter Lawford makes sure she takes her injections, makes sure she takes her Nambutal. Nambutal and methamphetamines do not mix. It's a lethal combination. But he makes sure she has her booze. Liquor and methamphetamines are fatal. Yeah, because it'll keep you up, so you just keep drinking and drinking and drinking. She, She takes her Ambutal. She gets drunk. She takes a nap. And her housemaid says, gee, she isn't getting up. Why don't I check on her? Peter Lawford says, leave her alone. They leave her alone and she's dead by morning. Jesus. John F. Kennedy, meanwhile, is going crazy because he's he's also hooked on meth. And he's when he goes to New York, he's setting up assignations with prostitutes off Columbus Circle. He has to slip away from his Secret Service detail to do this. Can you imagine the Secret Service frantic over the loss of Lancer, who's out somewhere with a prostitute? Kennedy has to go. Mm. So he's revealing the secrets of UFOs. He's out consorting with who knows what in, in Manhattan. He had to go. So... The, but he's that because he's so whipped up by Betty and Barney Hill. So that story of Betty and Barney Hill, their abduction, what they remember, so influenced JFK. That's what took us to the moon. And that's what got JFK assassinated. And that's UFOs in the White House. And it, by, I guess it's, um, what word am I looking for? The implication then. It's not speculation. The implication is then that is the nugget. That is the deepest nugget that the powers that be, whoever they may be, doesn't That's want right. anyone near. That's that is the holy grail. Do not come. And you know the Ronald Reagan story, right, Tom? Yep. The Ronald Reagan story is first of all, Reagan, when he was still doing or remember he was doing he was the host of the television show Death Valley Days. Mm-hmm. Right? Playing Mule Team Borax. He's driving along Pacific Coast Highway, PCH, which is along the California coast. Pacific is right to the right. If you're driving down from, if you're driving towards Hollywood on PCH, the, the ocean's on your right. As they're driving down, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan are in the car. And they see a giant UFO come out over the highway, over PCH, out into the water and drop down into the Pacific. But Reagan gets a message. And the message Reagan gets is leave acting, go into politics. politics. Yeah. That's when he decides to run for governor. He runs for governor, he wins. Now he wants to run for president. But he tells the story of that UFO. The reason he was driving down PCH, he was going to a surprise birthday party for William Holden, the actor William Holden. At the party, he tells all the entertainers, oh my God, this is what happened to me. You know who told me that story? Lucille Ball. I love Lucy. She told me the story. She said everybody was like crazy because of what he was saying. Yeah, you're nuts. Now he's in the White House. 
Now, you know who first briefs him? George H.W. Bush, former director of the CIA. CIA yeah, VP. Right? And Casper Weinberger, his secretary, secretary of, of defense. defense. Yeah, Casper Weinberger. Yeah, who, right? He oversaw or they he wanted the SDI. The whole story. That's why Reagan says to Gorbachev at Reykjavik, what if aliens came down? Wouldn't our petty differences? I mean, why would he say something that crazy? Mm. Then he goes to the UN and says the same thing. He can't disclose it because it's classified. Yeah, but that, but yeah. he can hint at it. It's no trivial statement that the sitting president went to the UN and said, exactly. that's not something we can just gloss over. Right. Now, Steven Spielberg makes the movie E.T. Mm-hmm. Right. Reagan invites him to show it at the White House. Now they're showing E.T. Um, people are laughing, they're clapping, the, the bike goes up, the E.T. Everybody's happy. They're all milling around the screening room. Reagan looks at Spielberg and says, come over here, motions to him. They talk privately. Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan are there with Steven Spielberg. Reagan whispers in Spielberg's ear, you and I are the only ones in this room who know that movie is not fiction. Mm. That's from Reagan to Spielberg. So, and as people look around, what is he saying to Spielberg? Nancy Reagan pipes, uh, he then says, because he wants to lighten the mood. Yeah, yeah. He was a funny guy, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I mean, I met him. He, um, you met him? He, yeah, I, I met him. That's so, so cool. Um, I'll tell you that's It's All a right. funny story. So, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Um, he tells um, Spielberg, he says, I don't understand why there are so many credits at the end of the movie. Yeah. So Nancy Reagan says, oh, Ronnie, that's how they do things nowadays. You know who told me that story? Steven Spielberg. Good Lord. How'd you meet Reagan? Oh, Reagan was funny. A, a gazillion years ago, well, during his presidency, <laughs> I was doing a book uh, for Dow Jones Irwin on, um, it was a disaster. It, the book was disa uh, on disaster recovery. The, uh, the premise of the book was this. You are a public relations representative right you're a uh, uh, you are a flack a disaster happens how do you as a public relations person handle that disaster okay so one of the chapters in that book was the challenger disaster how did the reagan administration and nasa i mean this is imagine this thing in full view mm -hmm. You're flying a school teacher into space. Yeah, first school teacher. It'd be and... great, right? Oh, well, everybody. And it explodes. Yeah. So now it was crisis time at the White House and crisis time at NASA and crisis time at Johnson Space Center. What do you do? This is on international television, right, Tom? So what we did in the book was we diagnosed what the Reagan administration did. So we have to go to the White House to talk to people in the, in the um, press secretary's office. So in the White House, there's the Oval Office, there's an anteroom next to the, a small anteroom next to the Oval Office. Then you're sitting outside in like a small reception area the person we were supposed to meet was late. So we're sitting there like, you know, two bumps on a log. And we notice that President Reagan keeps doing this. I'll try and do this on the screen. 
we're looking at a blank um a, a blank opening okay there's nobody there here's what we see <laughs> that's keep, ronald reagan poking he's his head leaning in. out because he says why so finally he gets up and says are you two being taken care of? <laughs> Wait, he goes, oh, okay. And he goes back in his office. That's awesome. I mean, funniest thing. In the world. But it was just so, so like, what human. are you guys doing here? Yeah, so human. So kind of, yeah, it kind of removes the uh, the grandiosity of the moment. He just comes up and like, what's up? And you're like, oh. Yeah, it was a riot. Oh, you forget, yeah, you're just another guy. You're just the, so you're saying, the president. So the president? Yeah. Is that Ronald Reagan? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's legend. That's so cool you can say that. Um. That's, yeah, I always think, do you think, and I, I can't remember if you went into this in the book or if I'm blending them together. Is S, do you think SDI, is that, was that based on? Absolutely. Like alien defense, shoot them down? I'll tell you why. Uh, I spoke to somebody from Hughes, Hughes Aircraft. Mm -hmm. And here's what he said. That we think that SDI was made for this planet yeah it wasn't he said but our radars are pointing out yeah yeah it's like if you saw a fence around my house and the the spikes on top were curved inwards you go that's not keeping anybody out of tommy's house that's right, keeping exactly. them in it's vice versa it's so if a jail has them pointing out you go that's not a jail that's a fort they're keeping you out sdi was an excuse yeah a cover for UFO surveillance. Tinfoil hat. Mm -hmm. Tinfoil hat. Let's, no, no, let's go now. 2023. Is that Starlink? Does Starlink well, have multiple use? I think what we're seeing, we're on the cusp of. Area 51 was in Senator Harry, Harry Reid's district, obviously, Nevada. Mm -hmm. Harry Reid was best friends in the Senate with Joe Biden. Okay. I believe that Harry Reid was partly responsible for all those revelations years ago of the that tick that the tick tac shaped UFO. Right. I believe that. I believe that he influenced Vice President then Vice President Biden to convince Barack Obama to release some of these videos. Okay. Because, I mean, Navy pilots, F-18 Hornet pilots, yeah, David Fravor. on their own, don't have the authority to um, release UFO videos and laugh about it. Or to they're even, laughing. Or to even talk about it. Right. Yet there they are. So that had to go up the Navy chain of command, right? CNC Pacific, all the way to the Defense Department, all the way through the White House. It was Barack, o Barack Obama and Joe Biden that allowed those to be released. Mm. The Harry Reid's whispering in his ear, or at least, right. in, at least nudging him. And now Joe Biden's president. Do you think that's why we saw almost, we're seeing little, we're seeing mini soft disclosures. We have the balloon, but then do you, if you remember the other ones, the ones over the Yukon, went in the news and out of the news. They said, oh, it interacted with, uh, with the electronic systems on the F-22. And they said it wasn't a balloon. It kind of went in the news, out the news. It almost seems like just little little previews, just you know, kind of microdosing, build up the tolerance, right? Because you can't just release all of it at once. People will go nuts. Do you think? That's right. You're absolutely right. I mean, the impact of that. Imagine saying everything you've read, learned in Sunday school, learned wherever you learned it, is wrong. Yeah. It's, I mean, that would be such a shock. I mean, trying to imagine how we would recover from that. There's a good book that I read years ago. Let me let me try to find the link to it. Um, it was called After Disclosure, A.D. And it's uh, it's obviously a, it's a fictional book, but it's these two guys that it's these two guys that try to imagine what it would actually look like. Yeah, by Richard M. Dillon and Bryce Zabel, A.D. After Disclosure. And um, it's these two guys that go, let's just like, what would it look like? Because it's not going to just be, there's UFOs. So they do, they kind of, I'm not going to go into the whole book. If you if you want to go find it, I'm not going to do it for you. 
you go in, it's just kind of like one day the president calls a press conference and, you know, it's kind of hyped and everyone's wondering. I think in the book they say they're expecting it's either about like an ongoing war or a banking crisis. Kind of weird where we are now. And they go, he comes out and just says uh, very nonchalantly, like right now we're working with the intelligence community on perhaps uh, identifying objects that are not ours. And it's just, and we've we've already seen that, right? Tic Tac, the Nimitz, the, the spheres inside of the cubes off the East Coast. We're seeing these little... And what happens is it's over, I think, years and like multiple administrations. They just you just drip, drip, drip. And you keep getting it up until you can monitor the Internet and see what the basic feeling is. And once the majority of people are are not going to freak out, they're like, yeah, we're probably being visited. Once you have that almost mandate, then they come out and say, we've been observing these for years. It's been a national security issue, but this is what we now know. We have been interacting with them. We have recovered a craft and just how does that change? And like they put a temporary freeze on markets. They go, let's not all freak out. They inform the Soviet or the Russians and the Chinese. They go, let's not. And you just start walking it out. I feel like that's maybe what we're coming up on in the coming years. How about this? What if another reason we want to cover this up is that can you imagine the go the gold rush that would take place for that technology oh, yeah. among all the world's powers if they knew? Yeah. I mean, try and imagine like the big the big guy shows up with tons of goodies, and those goodies are so great you can rule the world. So don't you think that the Russians, the Chinese, we, the British, Koreans, Japanese, everybody would want, would want that technology. One way to prevent that, and think of the wars. Mm. One way to prevent that is not to have the technology until human beings are ready to, to not fight with each other over it. Or another option, maybe not or and or, we wouldn't want to put it out there until we had figured it out. Exactly. Let's say that it's that nefarious that yeah. you know we uh, want to why get wouldn't our hands it be? on it. We why? want to wield it. Yeah. Why wouldn't of it? Of course. What do we do with it? What we discover a nuclear explosion. Do we build a power plant? No, we we nuke a city. If we've been playing with it since 47 and we have it, we've got a, how many years, was that, 60, 76 years ago? We've got a 76-year heads up, or a, a head start. Now we've got it figured out. Maybe that's what the Tic Tac was. And now we do disclosure because we've fact, got it. In fact, do you know what happened right after the crash at Roswell? When the first news report, this is before it was debunked. This is right when the uh, uh, the uh, West Coast newspapers, not the East Coast, but the West Coast newspapers began talking about the flying saucer crash. Joseph Stalin went crazy. He demanded. I mean, this is a true story. He sent messages to all his um, agents in the United States. Get as much information as you can about that crash. And that's why J. Edgar Hoover went crazy and told all the FBI agents he wanted everything about that crash. Yeah. They both knew what it was. Well, at the very, on one level, there's this common idea that they're not going to tell us what it is, and this is what I believe. They're not going to tell us what it is because the people can't handle it, and I'm sure there that there's an element of that in there. I think the primary thing is it's two years after World War II, 85 million dead, where technological hegemony dictated who lived and who survived. And all of a sudden, you get this golden nugget, this magic wand, a saucer. Yeah, everyone is going ape shit. They're going, get it, hide it, put it away, put it in a mountain, hide it. Yeah, they're, they're two years out of World War II. They are still just echoes of just trauma. And all of Europe is still destroyed. I mean, they're still just piles of bodies in, in Dachau and it's just Germany or Russia just lost 27 million people Hiroshima and Nagasaki are still smoking yeah you run and you take that and you hide it what else would you do and also what initially this is what uh, the, the army thought 
initially. Mm-hmm. I mean, that lasted maybe 30 seconds, but <laughs> it was this. During World War II, the Japanese were sending balloons across the Pacific laced with anthrax yeah. and explosives. So the balloons would land, they'd explode and technically spread anthrax because neither side, well, we did by the end of the war, but neither side had continental bombers, had intercontinental bombers at the beginning of the war. Japanese used these things called fire balloons or what they called them, we called them fugus, fire balloons. We thought the crash in the first moments that was a Japanese fire balloon. That's what we thought. Okay. But Bill Brazo brought a box of that debris to the Chavez County Jail to show to George Wilcox, who was the sheriff. It was George Wilcox who called the army and told them what happened at the ranch. And we know all this is true. Get this. Hidden under a rock somewhere. This is why it's true. George Wilcox's wife, we're talking back, right, 80 years, George Wilcox's wife, Enos Wilcox, saw herself as the Eleanor Roosevelt of Chavez County, New Mexico. Okay. And just like Eleanor, what she would do, she wrote this diary called My Year in the Chavez County Jail. She did this. Folks should read it in UFO magazine. She wrote this diary. Uh, in which she says she would bring breakfast to all the poor people who were stuck in, they were in the drunk tank at the jail, right? She would bring them breakfast. She tells the story of the day Bill Brazel wrote a box of debris that he said was not from this planet to George Wilcox's jail for safekeeping. And Wilcox put it in the jail and then called the army. So she tells that story, but she's telling it, get this, 60 years ago. This is before the Roswell books, before the movies, before it all. She's not doing it for a movie. She's doing it in her own diary. And it's one chapter in that diary. That's how I know this stuff is true. So then if we're going to start doing soft disclosure now, is it that it's a good thing that we are ascending as a species or is it nefarious? We figured it out. We've weaponized it. Well, now we'll get the good PR of releasing it. One reason we are at an inflection point. Remember, I first one or more human civilizations on this planet were destroyed. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Pandemic after pandemic. There's HIV. There's COVID. There's bird flu. There's this. There's that. Sweeping across the planet. You've got the West is burning up. Mm. It's either burning up, drying out, or flooded. Mm. The Arctic and Antarctic are melting. In other words, the planet itself, maybe because of human civilization, also because it's cyclical, is at a crisis point. So if the human race is in trouble, or at least our incarnation of the human race is in trouble, if the planet is dying, if we are a dying species on a dying planet, of course they're back. We are they. They want to save their colony. We want to save our colonies. They want to save us. That's why I think we're coming closer and closer to disclosure. Okay. So this like a meta theme this is this is like mother nature as a as a a gaia organism it's almost there's a feedback cycle and it's going like you're burning too much shit you're doing too much stuff and it's it's you know we're gonna purge ourselves it's like throwing up or having a fever it's your body purging your Your body throws off your body's sweating throwing up get rid of it food poisoning diarrhea people say oh covid's gonna kill us but it's not gonna kill us it's calling us yeah okay so maybe it's saying, maybe because it's doing it so slowly, like sea levels are rising, it's not happening all at once. It's just a little bit. It's almost like it's saying, get your shit together, and the only way you guys are going to fix it is if you work together. Did you see uh, that movie, the alien movie uh, Arrival? I think like 2018. 
I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, they come down and they give they there's like 13 spaceships and uh, in like all the major power centers of the world and everyone has one thirteenth of the puzzle piece and it's like the only way out of this is to work together. Maybe that's it is like the only way you can tackle climate change, pandemics, asteroids is if Russia, China, America, India, you gotta, you gotta come. And if you don't want to, that's fine. You're going to go the way of every, we've done it a million times. We, 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 Earth's like, I'm not, Earth's like, I got all the time in the world, guys. I got all the time in the world. Well, we can all, I'll nuke you guys. We'll be back in 10,000 years with another group. Take your time. That's right. I mean, if Woo. it's not this civilization, it'll, it'll be, be the next, next civilization, yeah. it's, right? It's, it's, it's Reagan they have waiting. all the time in the universe. It's Reagan, it's Reagan waiting on y'all. Like, you have to sit in that ante room because you get one shot to go meet the president. president's like, I got all the time in the world, man. If it's not y'all, it's the next group. Next. Ooh, that that's uh, that puts a little fire under your ass. It, yeah, exactly. And so some have probably succeeded and they've left the planet and those are the aliens visiting us. Others have just probably, I would imagine, a higher percentage have just gone into the past. You're going to be the next you've Atlantis. Read, you've read Isaac Asimov, right? Uh-huh. I, Robot, Foundation yeah. and Empire. Yeah. So we brought him... When I was teaching, we uh, we brought him to Princeton. We brought him to, to the colleges that where I was teaching in Trenton. And after he managed to basically piss off an entire college class, <laughs> um, we were talking. And it's one of the things that I asked him, I said, you know, as a science fiction writer, the study of robotics is now in academic coursework. I mean, you invented that term. Didn't yeah. exist before you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a check. I mean, robot is a check word. It means a, a slave. But robotics, the study of that, that's Asimov. And they're teaching it in college. Then psychohistory. The idea that human, social, and psychological, and environmental forces all come together to shape history. And by tracking those forces, you can make predictions about history. If you have a plan, and in the trilogy, Foundation and Empire, that was called the Selden Plan by Harry Selden, who was this great um, philosopher scientist. So I said, now, I said, colleges are actually teaching psychohistory, Isaac. How do you account for that? And here's what he said to me. Foundation and empire is science, but it's not fiction. Okay. okay. And years later, years later, we're doing UFO Hunters on the History Channel. And the people behind the French Cometa report were saying, you know, you think aliens go back and forth. They don't. He said, they're here. They've been here. They were here before you. Um, they live here. They're among us. You can't tell because they're indistinguishable for the most part. Yeah. But they're here. And they control our government. They control business. They control our finances. They control. And so I said, how do you know? He says, well, he said, you could see them. He said, if you know where to look. And... That's why he said Asimov was one of them. He knew them. Uh, he knew how they controlled us. So the Selden plan really was science, not fiction. Yeah, I always think. I mean, think of, well, just one in terms of detection. Let's just say craft. Think of how unimaginable like an F-117 Nighthawk is to 1780s France, right? You, you can't even, or even World War, even 1940 Germany, you can't see it. Why why can we not extrapolate that a couple thousand or a million years and go, there could be a hundred mile wide mothership above Manhattan and it's it's it just has a weird form of temporal stealth where you can't see it, you can't detect it, but it's right there. And then in terms of individuals, let's look at where we are with, with brain interfacing. We are with a, 
uh, fMRIs, functional magnetic resonance imaging, just in the last 20 years, the brain, you know, learning about, okay, when you think about sunflowers, this part of your brain lights up. When you think about arithmetic, we think about sex, when you think about French fries. If we're looking at these and then we know the brain gives off alpha, beta, theta waves, Eventually, if you if you walk it out long enough, you could go. Well, can we input waves, and then can is that mind control? You walk it out a million years. Who's to say that there's not a a handful of 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 aliens, either invisible or indistinguishable from you and me? And you only need to control a couple nodes. Probably head of the Fed, head of the U.S., head of the the probably Department of Defense, head of China, head of Russia. Maybe get the Pope, head of the IMF, uh, maybe the head of DARPA. And you'd need a probably a handful. And if you just very just guided them and made them think that their thoughts were their own, like Reagan being told go into politics, but instead of being overt, what if you made it your own thought? You could guide the entire world just very, very simply. Just a little nudge here. A little nudge there. Do you know that our the the Pentagon released a report? I'll see if I can find it, I'll send it to you. Okay. The Pentagon released a report. In the report, you know what they suggest? There's a giant mothership at the edge of our solar system. Yeah. This is the Pentagon. This is a couple weeks ago. And it just, there's like three articles about it. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's just like Pentagon says a mothership is in their solar system. Anyway, Tom Brady's got a new, and I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There's There's a huge mothership, and Tom Brady's thinking about, what do I retire or not? Maybe that's test is, are we ready? And it's like, no, our monkey brains are still like, let me see Kim Kardashian's ass. And it's like, dude, what about the mothership? Exactly, exactly. We're more concerned with Kim Kardashian than we are with the alien that's probably running the planet. Yeah, but it may it maybe is not as simple as, as a test to go, are they ready? No, because, I mean, in, in our argument, we're dealing with billion-year-old software. Of course, we're still looking at asses and food. That's what we're designed to do. So maybe it's not that they're mocking us and going, they're not ready. Maybe it's, can we direct evolution a little bit to where then more than one or two people, it shouldn't just be Burns and Kerrigan talking about the mothership. Maybe we float it out there. You know, instead of waiting for the monkeys to develop tools, what if we gave them some tools and saw if they could pick it up? Maybe they're doing that. They're going... Okay, they're still obsessed with Kardashian, but here's a Tic Tac. Here's a, oh, what is that? It's a new toy. And maybe they're goading us into it. Look at the one piece of technology, the one piece of technology that changed the world circa 1948. Transistor? Exactly. Changed the world. Because the transistor enabled us to take computers that were the size of houses. Mm-hmm. Remember the Brainiac? Yeah, ENIAC, Brainiac, yeah. yeah. With all those radio tubes clicking and yeah. clanking away. 200 degrees, punch Shrink cards. It, it shrinks us to this. Yeah. This is more powerful than Brainiac because of the <laughs> transistor. Where did it come from? The crash at Roswell. Yeah. Yeah, no, that acceleration itself. So maybe they're looking at it, right? Maybe they're looking, and again, so if we're coming from a place of time is no object and they've seen a a hundred human civilizations come and go, maybe they're going, okay, maybe we should help them out a little bit and see if they can. All right. So let's say they know that the climate collapses in 2123. And so they're looking back in 1947. They're going, well, they're not going along fast enough. Let's just, we're not going to give them at all. We're just going to give them a little bit and see what they can do. Just, just nudge it along. And they're just... You know, something like COVID's like, let's see, let's see how strong. Okay, now they're now. What is? What did COVID really show us? COVID showed us people look. You can look at it in two ways: the fragility of the global supply chain, or the inherent necessity of working together. For fifty years, for fifty years, we were experimenting with what is the nature of the atom. Mm-hmm. Fifty years after we first discovered it. We incinerated two cities. Yeah. Obviously, if we had alien overlords, that's the one. And now, 1960 was the 1960s. Malstrom Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. A light hangs over the base. This is just yeah, shut them all down. The news. Light hangs over the base. The missiles shut down. Can't get it. Captain Salas, Bob Salas, tells the whole story. Same thing happens at Minot. Same thing happened in Russia. In reverse, the missiles turned them on. Actually, went live, began fueling. 
launch codes coming to the United States, then it shut down. Same thing, UFO is overhead. Don't you think that if Vladimir Putin says, I'm going to use tactical nukes, they won't go off? Do you, do you, and do you think the aliens, do you think the leaders know that? That's why they haven't I shot him? I think Joe Biden does. Okay. Yeah. Who is it? Um, Who's the guy that, I can't remember his name. I remember watching an interview with him about the Minuteman launch. They were launching him from Vandenberg. And once they got into space, the, the UFOs would come and zap the Mervs. Exactly. And, I remember that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they actually saw the UFO yeah, over go, the missile. Goes around them. And it's, yes. like, it's as if the missile, what the, the, the Merv was going 23,000 miles an hour and the UFO walked up to it as if it wasn't moving. Zap, zap, zap. And that, tumbled and that was it. the end of it. And they go classified. <laughs> Get rid of that. Right. Because I don't think we are going to be, since we are they. You know, we've met E.T. and it is us. Um, I don't think that we're going to be allowed to destroy ourselves this time. I think it's laissez-faire parenting. I think about, like, my dad. My dad was very, my, my mom, you know, traditional stay-at-home mom, raised us, you know, kind of, you know, strict with us. Dad was very, like, don't go to jail, don't get anyone pregnant, and you're good. And respect your mom. Aside from that, we were allowed to go mess up, go get, you know, weren't allowed to, but, you know, we could sneak out, get drunk, have a girlfriend, get in fist fights. We were allowed to sort of learn the terrain on our own. And when things, whenever things got really bad, like I, when I got, I got really depressed after I lost my older brother to suicide and I, and I was like, I'm at rock bottom. Mom and dad go, okay, you can come home. That's kind of how I look at this. The aliens are, let them work it out. And so you might wonder, well, how come they let evil things happen? Well, unless it's planet ending, they'll let it happen. So that means even the Holocaust, they'll go, let them work it out. If it ever gets to a point where it goes, they're about to break it, missiles are launching, I think they come in and go, all right, we're not letting you do this. I think it's probably that. What if, to throw another log on this fire, All right. what if... Time runs backwards. Well, tachyons would say that, right? Tachyons are moving backwards. Right. If time runs backwards, they already know what's going to happen. Oh. So they're just watching us. If you, if you, a very poignant passage for me in the Bible, the very end of um, the Israelites are about to cross into the Holy Land, about to cross the river. Moses is going to die. But he makes this prophecy. And in the prophecy, he describes the future of what's going to happen. My think, and he says, well, this is what I've been told. My theory is that is the statement of times running backwards. It's not this will happen it's already happened in the future. I'm just telling you this now. Uh, I, yeah, I heard a great quote. I don't remember when. I don't remember by who. And it said that the past is as undetermined as the future. And that kind of melted my brain. Like, That's which, right. Which way are we moving? Because if tachyons are moving backwards... It doesn't necessarily mean that they're moving backwards. It, what it's showing is, is that there are two, at least two possible directions. Maybe right. they're, and, maybe they're moving forward. And Tom, uh, we already know that in the wave particle theory mm -hmm. in quantum physics, mm -hmm. if you, it's the uncertainty theory. Yeah, you you don't know what you're going to get. Until but if you think it. it's going to be a wave, it's a wave. If you think it's going to be a particle, it's a particle. Hello, that's time running backwards. Not only that, but that comes into if the observer is creating reality at the basic exactly. level. Exactly, the, the observer creates the reality. Well, then it doesn't take too many steps of extrapolation to go, if you think we're going to go to World War III, if we all do, yes, we're going to World War III. And when I, I was finishing up Day After Roswell, mm -hmm. that book. Of course so. Corso had a counterpart in the Navy. His name was George Hoover. If you, uh, George Hoover, trying to think of, um, he was tasked by the Office of Naval Intelligence 
to write a report on the Philadelphia experiment. I knew him. He said to me a number of very strange things. One was there were corsos all throughout the military establishment. Okay. Not just in the Army, but in the Navy, in the Marines, was one. Because in the Marines, there was a Marine pilot named um, um, Marion Magruder, Black Mac Magruder, who actually saw the live alien at um, at an Air Force base in Ohio at Wright Field. He saw it. The entire Air War class, National Air War College class of 1948, went to Wright Field where they saw the alien and the artifacts. And mm -hmm. he wrote about it. So all throughout the military, and what this guy Hoover said, which was really compelling, that whatever abilities, whatever sensory abilities the aliens had, we have. But we're not ready to exercise those abilities because we'll destroy ourselves. Mm. So what we view as a turbulent history, this could be as, this could probably be average. Like this is what, this is what the humans do as they progress and as yes. they mature. Like this is, it's like, it doesn't make light of, you know, the suffering, but it's like, this is pretty par for the course, right? It is. Yeah. It we is. Wealth disparity, war, you know, destruction, genocide, torture, rape. It's like, these are all parts of the, growing up process of this species right this is parts of evolution how do you get beyond it to how how do you become that next level of of not and just that's i think what will be the mechanism for our survival as a species so it's not just technological ascension it's also moral Social, spiritual evolutionary and spiritual it's, of course it's spiritual it's very meditative in a sense it's not yes. only do you become omnipotent and travel at the speed of light you are also a loving creature you're a, an empathetic you you know you see yourself and others you give them a second third fourth chance you forgive they go hand in hand you can't have one and not the other right well Dr. Burns, I say on that note, we wrap this one up in a bow. I think that's. The I want to thank you for a very stimulating discussion. Dude, I loved it, man. I it loved it. I, I, yeah, I loved it, uh, man. You, you can. I don't. I didn't make that. I didn't make that hoodie out of just like. Ugh, I, I love this stuff. This is this is right up my wheelhouse, man. It's, it's. I love stretching the brain and like, looking at all possible. Not neither you nor me are coming in here with an agenda. It's like let's just let's just walk this out. Let's play with it. Let's tinker with it. I love it, man. I'd love to have you on again. I'm looking forward to it. I hope so. Hell yeah, brother. Talk soon. I'll send you an email. We'll schedule the next one. Thank yes, you so much. Sir. Guys, book in the description. Go get it, Dr. Burns. Thank you. You're a real UFOs one. UFOs in the White House. UFOs in the White House. Go get American it. history you can find. It's on Audible. Go get it. Thank you, Dr. Burns. We'll send you an email. We'll Thank schedule you. the Bye next bye. one. Take care, Recording everybody. Stay stopped. safe out there. Peace.